This is the Patriot Cause with Bud Cornwell, United States Marine Corps retired. The Protestant Reformation of the 16th century shook the very foundation of Europe's cultural identity. The Reformation was a revolution of religion in Western Europe. Essentially, it was the result of centuries worth of political and social grievances against the Christian Church as it existed. Christianity, which began as a fledgling religion in the first century, had grown by the 13th century into an institution powerful enough to rival state governments. For instance, the Pope, then the leader of the Christian Church, had greater political and military influence than some emperors and kings. This tension was exacerbated by the transformative social and intellectual period known as the Renaissance. In particular, this period involved the rise of humanism, a philosophy that shifted man's fate from being determined by religious doctrine to being determined by man himself. Additionally, some within the church believed it had become increasingly corrupt. Priests like John Wycliffe of England and Jan Hus of Bohemia challenged the church's teachings, which they believed had strayed away from the Bible. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. Five hundred and four years ago today, October 31st, the original freedom movement started. Listen to what I'm telling you. 504 years ago, people stood up against the church, against the governments, and said, we are free. And the reason we are free is because the gospel of Jesus Christ tells us we are free. And Martin Luther, along with Calvin and other people, knew this. And the church at the time, quote, the Catholic church at the time, not the Catholic church today. Don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking the, the Catholic church today. At the time, the Catholic church became as powerful as governments. And this person, Martin Luther, learned spiritually and socially what the truth was. He was a Catholic monk. And during his time in the Catholic Church, he realized the truth. And he decided, along with, again with others, that the truth must be presented to all people on the planet. And thus, the Reformation began. So who was Martin Luther? Who were the Sadducees during the Jewish days? Going to speak about those. Reformation Day, which is today. What does that 
actually mean. Last, not, last but not least, freedom begins with the Reformation. That's when the true freedom of a human being to determine their life, where they're going, actually happened. Many people will say that Martin Luther, this was all spiritual or religious. No, it wasn't. It was changing the whole environment of the Western world from tyrants on the religious side, tyrants on the government side, and the ruling class pressing down on the majority of the Western world. And it's a repeat. What I mean by it's a repeat, the same thing happened in the Jewish days with the Sadducees. So who are the Sadducees? Who are these people that I'm referencing and I'm comparing the Catholic Church in the early 16th century to the Sadducees? Again, history repeats itself. And listen to this and tell me if it doesn't match the prior Reformation of the Catholic Church to the T. When man takes over God's plan, this is what happens. So take a listen to who the Sadducees were. Today, we're covering the Sadducees. Right off the bat, you need to know that the Sadducees were much smaller in number than the Pharisees. However, they were wealthy, wielded considerable political power, and represented not just the class of priests, but the high priest, as they were in charge of the temple in Jerusalem and all temple services. Many people believe the name Sadducee comes from the Hebrew word to be righteous or sadak. Ancient historian Josephus makes a special note in his history that the Sadducees were power hungry, arrogant, and rude to common people. They were not nice guys. In many ways, the Sadducees were polar opposite to the Pharisees. That's probably why we see them clashing so often in the Gospels. Unlike the Pharisees, they rejected all of what we call the Old Testament, except for five books, the first five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. They were what we would call deists today. They believed that God was inactive in history and didn't care about people or any other parts of his creation. They didn't believe in angels nor demons. They rejected the resurrection of the dead and they did not believe in an afterlife. To complete their rejection of everything Pharisee, they also rejected the oral law, those extra laws added by the Pharisees to the law of Moses. As mentioned before, the Sadducees wielded considerable political power since they were not only wealthy, but also controlled many high offices in Judaism. The Sadducees worked overtime to keep peace in Jerusalem and Judea with the Roman Empire. Honestly, they didn't really care who was in charge as long as they were close to who was in charge. This group leaned heavily into Greek ideas and culture. That's why they rejected so many theological beliefs that are taught in Scripture. They were trying to be like those who were in power. Why did they do this? Well, first, peace is a good thing. But further than that, life was good for them. They were rich and they had power. So they certainly didn't want to do anything to upset their position. The Sadducees was the political power of the Jewish people at the time. Jesus Christ was crucified in 30 A.D. 
and the Sadducees, along with the Pharisees and the Jewish nation, are the ones that did not accept him as being the Son of God, actual Messiah that came to save everyone. And thus, they crucified him. Prior to Jesus being crucified, he told the Sadducees that this temple will be destroyed. Not one stone will be left standing. And he will rebuild this temple in three days. I'll explain to you at the end what that means. In 70 AD, the Roman Empire came in and destroyed Jerusalem. Not one stone was left standing on the temple of the Jewish nation. And they were spread out across the world. They were kicked out of their own country by the Roman Empire. However, Christianity started to flourish across the globe and even into the Roman Empire. In 313, the Emperor Constantine issued an Edict of Milan which granted Christianity, as well as most other religions, legal status. In 380 CE, the Emperor Titus issued the Edict of Thalicia, which made Christianity, specifically Nicene Christianity, they had a meeting in Nicene, go check it out, Nicene Conference, the official religion of the Roman Empire. So now the Roman Empire, quote, becomes the official religion. Reason behind that is because Christianity had grown so big, even in the Roman Empire, that they had no choice but to adopt Christianity. That's when the official, real Roman church, Catholic church, Roman Catholic church, and there's millions of people out there are still Roman Catholics. This is when this church started. And they had the same conceptual ideas as the Sadducees. And eventually, the Catholic Church became so corrupted and became such a political power in this world that it took people like Martin Luther to realize that the church no longer believed in the freedom and the grace and the gospel of Jesus Christ, but instead said, we are just like the Sadducees. We're the ones that have all the knowledge and you must obey us to get to heaven. I'm not Again, I'm not knocking the Catholic Church today. It's not about that. I'm telling you history. So Reformation Day is today. And because of that, we're free. We're free from any government, any church telling us how we must live as Christians. 
Only the gospel of Jesus Christ and the Bible directs true Christians to Christ. And he started that. So that's where we're at today. So I want you to take a listen to more of history behind Martin Luther and the reformation of the church to get the church back to the gospel of Jesus Christ. However, one of the most well-known advocates for a reformed Christian church was a German priest named Martin Luther. Martin Luther began to question the church in the early 1500s. He believed it was abusing its power and disagreed with some of its practices. For instance, he challenged the church's doctrine that stated the Pope, not the Bible, was the ultimate spiritual authority. Plus, he criticized the church for selling indulgences, the practice of purchasing forgiveness for one's sins by giving money to the church. Luther believed the church needed to revise its doctrine by returning to the Bible's teachings and by saying that salvation could be granted by faith in Christ alone. So on October 31, 1517, Luther took a stand. In what's considered the birth of the Protestant Reformation, Luther is said to have nailed 95 theses, or arguments against the church, onto the door of Castle Church in Wittenberg, Germany. Luther was later put on trial in front of church officials to defend his theses, but in January 1521, the church declared Luther a heretic and excommunicated him. While Luther's membership with the church ended, the reformation he argued for started to gain momentum. Unlike Luther's predecessors who challenged the church, Luther had one tool at his disposal that they didn't have. The printing press. This new invention allowed his arguments to be copied and spread across Europe. This unprecedented access to ideas such as Luther's inspired many others to challenge the church, thereby splitting Christianity into two major denominations, Catholic and Protestant, from the word protest. Also, the Bible became more accessible. Luther and other reformists translated biblical text from Latin, which was only known by nobility and church officials, to German, English, and French, languages spoken by the general public. While the Protestant Reformation revolutionized the Christian faith, it had ramifications that extended beyond religion. Prior to the Reformation, many Europeans were dependent on an educated upper class. But perhaps the most resounding impact of the Reformation was that the common people were empowered to question religion and other aspects of life. The Reformation, along with technological innovations and the introduction of other new ideas, gave many in Europe's general public the freedom and power to decide their own fates. The freedom and the power to determine your own faith. That's what Christ and God has given to you. The freedom and the power to determine your own life, your own direction, no matter who the government is. No matter how much you suffer as a Christian, you still have the freedoms that God gives to you, whether a country takes them from you or not. So I want to play one more clip 
to have a better understanding of who Martin Luther is and why today, in my mind, should be a great celebration in America because if it wasn't for this Reformation, America would never, ever been formed. And the King of England would still be running this country today. Martin Luther was a German friar in the early 16th century. He was dedicated to a religious life, but it drove him to deep spiritual despair. In 1507, Luther became a priest, and shortly thereafter, he was offered a position to teach theology at the University of Wittenberg in Germany. By 1512, Martin Luther had earned his Doctor of Theology, spending the rest of his career in that position at the university. On October 31, 1517, Martin Luther is said to have nailed his 95 theses to the door of the All Saints Church in Wittenberg. These were 95 revolutionary ideas that served as the catalyst for the eventual breaking away from the Catholic Church and were later instrumental in forming the movement known as the Protestant Reformation. Luther's 95 Theses called for a full reform of the Catholic Church and challenged other scholars to debate with him on matters of church policy. Many of Luther's views the Catholic Church deemed heretical. His refusal to recant these views eventually got Luther excommunicated from the church in 1520. In 1521, after a month of hearings before religious and government authorities, Martin Luther was declared an outlaw, requiring his arrest as a notorious heretic. On his way to jail, Luther was kidnapped by masked horsemen, but it was a staged event by a wealthy supporter of Luther named Frederick III. The kidnappers ended up delivering Luther to the safety of Wartburg Castle in Eisenach, Germany. Remarkably, during a year of protective custody here at the castle, Luther performed the incredible feat of translating the Bible's New Testament from Greek to German. By 1534, Luther and his associates completed the translation of the Old Testament from Hebrew into German and published the entire Luther Bible. Luther's version of the Bible quickly became popular and influential, contributing to the development of the German language and literature. It also influenced other common language translations, such as William Tyndale's English Bible. So that's the story of Martin Luther, theologian, rebel, outlaw, Bible translator, and spark for the Protestant Reformation 500 years ago. Five hundred and four years ago, faithful people stood up for freedom of not only religion, but freedom as human beings on this planet. And they give their lives to preserve the gospel of Jesus Christ and create what is known today as the Protestant Church. However, like I said, history repeats itself and we are headed down the same road that the Sadducees in the Jewish days and the old Catholic Church in what we call the Middle Ages controlling through political power the people and their religion. But now, through the Reformation, 
we have the Bible. We have the Word of God, and we don't have to depend on any man to tell us how to get to the kingdom of heaven. Thank God that he has such grace on humankind and human beings that he corrected again throughout the ages like he does the truth presented to his people and his sheep in this world. If you're not a Christian, all I'm asking you to do is pick up the Bible, specifically read the book of John, and hopefully you'll understand how God has given us His Son to save us from the world, past and present, in the beginning of time and through the Jewish history. They were looking towards a Messiah. He came, they rejected him. And now we are looking back towards what Jesus Christ did for this world. He is the truth, the way, and the life to get to eternity and glory with God. This is the Gunny Out.